Hello everyone. Welcome to my podcast. Uh, I'm joined here by uh, my mate uh, Justin uh, van Dooy. Hi Justin, how are you doing? Hi everybody. Uh, my name is Justin. I'm also a bachelor student in international and water management. And uh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, really nice of you to join my podcast. Uh, today we are going to uh, talk about uh, my research that I did uh, for my uh, case. And uh, uh, the research is in short, uh, it's that I want to find out what the influence of uh, dike vegetation uh, management is on the uh, dike itself. So uh, I'm going to look into the different kind of uh, dike vegetation uh, management. So Jelle, can you maybe tell me uh, a bit more about the history of the of the Grebbedijk. Yeah, so I'm doing my research uh, at the Grebbedijk, which is a, 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 a dike located between the uh, Grebbeberg, which is very famous in Holland, and the uh, Wageningsberg. Uh, uh, the dike itself is very old. It, uh, the earliest parts of the dike date from uh, uh, thousand uh, BC. So uh, yeah, that's very old. Um, and in recent years, was there uh, any changes made to the to the dike? Uh, the dike itself is uh, reasonable old, uh, and it's not uh, the newest. And it shows in numbers because it is one of the most unsafest dikes in Holland right now. The most unsafest. One of the yeah. Can okay, you tell me why? Um, maybe it's uh, because it's just so old. No. The, the dikes also as old as the houses, they are from uh, 1950. So yeah, uh, maybe it's time for uh, a new kind of dike and they're all um, already creating one. There's a project uh, running, so yeah. Okay, um, and um, you said your research was about the dike vegetation, but um, can you tell me a bit more about the importance of the dike vegetation? You know, uh, a dike is uh, just uh, has a basis of sand, and on top of the sand is a clay, and you want to make sure that the clay is staying where it belongs and that it's not um, falling away because of erosion. So you want to prevent erosion and uh, the roots of the vegetation. Uh, they make sure that the uh, mud layer stays on site of the uh, uh, sandy layer. So yeah, it's very important to uh, have. Uh, dike vegetation, but if you have uh, too much, so like uh, small uh, trees uh, growing over there, uh, those um, roots can uh, penetrate the uh, sand layer and they can uh, uh, deconstruct the sand layer if it's, uh, if it's very windy outside and uh, the tree falls. So it could really uh, be devastating for the dike's structure. So that's why there are no trees on the dike? That's why there are no trees on the dike, but if uh, there's a concrete uh, structure surrounding it. You could place a, a tree there. So there are a few places, but not many. And uh, that's also why uh, dike uh, vegetation management is so important. Because mm -hmm. you want to make sure that the structure of the dike uh, holds itself together. So that the roots, is, uh, when they are small, are a blessing and help us. But when they're getting too big, they can uh, uh, really deconstruct it. Okay. Um. And 
Can you tell me a bit more about the different stakeholders on the dike? Who manages the dike and who makes the decisions uh, for improvement of the dike? Uh, yeah, that uh, in Wageningen it uh, depends on uh, which part of the dike you are, uh, because there is a small part uh, uh, that is located near houses, and uh, those houses are adjacent to the dike, and those households are responsible for the management of the vegetation because they uh, like. Uh, flowers more, but it's hard to manage flowers and just grass because uh, for the uh, biggest part, the Gebbedijk is um, uh, managed by the city of Wageningen itself. Mm -hmm. So they have a very big part of the dike that they have to uh, uh, manage. So they uh, prefer a vegetation type that uh, uh, has a lower maintenance level. So they have to mow it uh, less than uh, flowers so yeah that's the reason uh, why they uh, why, why there is basically uh, two types of management here mm -hmm. uh, because uh, yeah uh, when management is done by households it's very different than a big machine is uh, going down on the dike so yeah, that's basically the uh, difference between them and uh, can you maybe tell me a bit more about the involvement of, this, of the, the people uh, living near the dike? Are yeah. they involved in the projects? Are they involved in the maintenance of the dike? You, you told me before about uh, they can uh, grow flowers on their part of the dike. Mm -hmm. But um, is, are there any fines or something if they, if they uh, just let growth take yeah. over? Yeah, there's basically uh, a, an uh, agreement that uh, the households living adjacent to the dike are uh, able to uh, let the flowers grow, but they have to mow it twice a year. And that's uh, in the uh, in the late sp spring, I guess, and in the beginning of uh, in the autumn. So, uh, and th those are the best periods to uh, mow. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why they uh, uh, agree to it. But if you are lazy and you just think, yeah, I'm just not doing it, yeah, there are of course fines because uh, a dike is very important. It saves people for, uh, from a very dangerous uh, thing, like you know, floods and uh, stuff. So yeah, uh, they are uh, really um, making sure that it's done. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you told me before about the two management styles of. Uh of the dike and uh, can you tell me a bit more about that the two management styles yeah so um, basically uh, the one focuses on uh, low maintenance uh, because Wageningen itself has a, a budget that they have to uh, stick to you know it's not possible to uh, let uh, grazers do it because uh, you could do it but you have to make sure that they, those grazers get, uh, get food in the uh, winter and it also costs a lot of money and you have to uh, uh, have a farm uh, for them, you know? So they uh, really like uh, machinery and that's uh, uh, just uh, faster and uh, it's cheaper basically. And uh, the households here, they uh, are allowed to grow their own flowers, which is far more beautiful because you don't like, you don't want to look at the dike that's, that's just grass, you know. It's so much more beautiful when there are flowers and uh, uh, when everything uh, yeah, just smells nice, you know.
Yes, I know. And you did the research uh, on the dike. Um, what kind of research did you do? Uh, so uh, basically, uh, I tried to. Uh, uh, I did a, a transect to get a clear image on what type of vegetation is growing here. Uh, I really want to make sure that I have um, uh, an, a good picture of uh, how much. Uh, Where did you do the transect? Uh, I did it. In um, yeah, uh, I had two uh, research areas, both uh, 200 meters, and I did uh, transect at every 25 meters, so eight per uh, research area, and I did 200 meters because it's uh, just as long as the uh, part of the Grebbedijk that has uh, adjacent households. So it was just the best option for me. And. Um, I did uh, every, uh, at every 25 meters in transect and um, I had um, uh, uh, I divided them in uh, three gr groups, uh, just uh, grass, so uh, grass vegetation, um, uh, uh, flowers, small, and I have uh, an, um, the last group are the big set of vegetation with the biggest uh, root length, so I can uh, have a clear view of okay this part of the dike has so many plants that are so uh, uh, it has uh, such a big uh, root length so I have a clear image of what is growing everywhere and I have uh, bought uh, a pH and a moisture meter uh, which I'm going to use at every transact to um, uh, look if there's a difference in the moisture and the pH level of the uh, different uh, research area and I'm going to uh, compare them and maybe uh, look for a reason why there's a difference in uh, the pH or uh, humidity. So um, this was basically my podcast. Uh, Big thanks to uh, Justin for helping me You're and welcome. I uh, hope that you guys enjoyed and that I educated you guys with uh, such uh, nice research. Thank you very much for having me uh, Jelle. Have a nice evening.